We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We got another preview for you today. Uh, We're going to be talking to Mr. Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet. Toronto. Uh, Arden and I have been talking in the in, before the season now for three or four years. He covers the Blue Jays extensively uh, up there for Sportsnet, and and he's really one of the best, uh, one of the best in the business. Um, this this team is uh, is going to be a problem. We all know that the the Blue Jays are very good, and I think that they've improved their roster con- uh, the roster construction this season by adding some very good veteran players. Uh, really improving their defense, their outfield defense specifically. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about how uh, you know the the culture of the team has has really changed a bit and and is is geared for that next step. And then a couple of young guys that are going to be coming up and potentially adding to their their pitching rotation and bullpen uh, as the as the season goes on. I also asked Arden about the Blue Jays front office. Are these guys ready to make a, uh, you know, a splash at the deadline if, if needed, if they identify a piece that, that is out there that can really help them um, get over the, over the clip. So interesting responses from there, but, but as we know, the Blue Jays are a very good team. They have a lot of young talent. Uh, and this year they've added some, some really good veteran pieces that I think are going to, to make this team uh, that much better. So get ready for, get ready for a dogfight in the AL East uh, and, and, and got, Got Arden's uh, thoughts on the division itself, and and you know what what they're looking out for, and what he sees. Uh, made some some interesting points about the uh, the Rays and and the Orioles, and and what the Orioles actually could have been uh, could have done in the off season to to kind of speed up their process and been a almost a player this year, uh, which I thought was very interesting and a really good take. So um, looking forward to that. Before we get into the Blue Jays preview, I want to talk to you about our next partner here, Athletic Greens. Uh, Andrew and I have talked to you about Athletic Greens 
on a weekly basis and how it's really improved our, our everyday and how we've gotten into really good habits uh, by taking AG1 literally every single day. You know, I, I gave it a try because I wanted to improve the way I was feeling, my gut health. I wanted to make sure that I was getting all of the vitamins and nutrients uh, that I'm supposed to have on a given day, but I don't want to do all the things that I need to do in the past to, to get those vitamins. I don't want to be taken, you know, and remember to take every single one of those pills uh, to get these daily vitamins. AG1 makes it very simple for me. And I've talked about my routine before, and that's exactly what it is. It helps you get into a routine so that you don't forget about your health and the things that help your body. I preload my bottles on Sunday so that they're ready for me for the week. And I, I drink it um, usually on my way to work. It's after my coffee. I have it. Uh, they're all cold in the refrigerator, ready to go. And that really works well for me. And I think the, the beautiful thing about AG1 is that you can do this very quickly, whether you preload them or not. It's a quick scoop. You shake it up uh, with some water and it, and it does taste great. And it really has helped me out on a daily basis, keeps my, uh, keeps my energy high, keeps all the things that, that need to be in check in check. Um, and when you're looking at, you know, the cost of something like this, a lot of people are like, well, I can't afford this. This is expensive. How am I supposed to, uh, you know, get through every single month by, by paying for vitamins? It's less than $3 a day, which I think is pretty damn good. Um, and if you, if you really consider what it does for your health and, and how it can affect your daily habits, it's, it's a, it's a huge win. These guys source the highest quality ingredients for AG1. So win-win for everybody. It's cost-effective and it really does um, get you going. If a, if a comprehension, comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your, free, with your purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes. That's athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes. Go check it out. All right, here is Arden Zwelling on the Blue Jays. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. All right, guys, I want to welcome back to the show for his annual appearance, uh, appearance when we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays, Mr. Arden Zwelling of Sportsnet. Arden, thanks, man, for, for coming on and joining us again to talk about these, uh, these Blue Jays that are going to be a very big topic of conversation, I think, in Yankees world uh, all year long. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. It seems like every year we think the Jays and Yankees are on like a collision course. Uh, I think that ALCS between the two of them would have been awesome last year if it had happened, and obviously it hadn't. But some of those games down the stretch between these two teams were were wicked. So hopefully we get it this year. Yeah, you guys have done some interesting things. I think you guys had a really good offseason, actually. And I think, you know, a couple of years ago, Yankees Yankees did some some similar roster reconstruction based on it, it was a different type of roster reconstruction in the sense that they needed to balance some things out on 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 the offensive side um, and defensive side. You guys you guys did do, I think, that as well, but you brought in some some really good veteran presence, which I think your team needed there's such a such a solid core of young guys and talented guys that you know some of these moves that that you guys um, made in the offseason really make your your ceiling I think higher and your and your floor um, higher as well so it's just raising everything uh, with with you know the ability to lean on some guys that have been there so let's just start there in the offseason like how how the the Blue Jays you know constructed this roster and made some some changes uh, based on what they felt were their needs. 
Well, yeah, I think the the Blue Jays have been at this for a few years now where they've been trying to really diversify the skill sets in their lineup. Like they've been trying to build more versatility positionally. They've been trying to be less redundant, less either we hit three home runs in the game and we win or we get shut out, right? Like they've been trying to find different ways to win ball games and just not be um, so easy to match up against. Essentially, it's been a multi-year uh, pursuit, and uh, I think you're right that they took some really big steps this offseason towards that. So you balance out the lineup that used to be last year. The Blue Jays were the most right-handed heavy lineup in baseball. They saw the most right-handed pitching of any club in baseball. That won't be the case this year because you've got a Dalton Varsho in there and a Brandon Belt in there and a Kevin Kiermeyer as well. So you have some left-handed bats balancing things out. It's a bit less thump in subtracting Teoscar Hernandez, but. Uh, a bit more just differentiation in, in the way that you can score a bit more ball and play a bit more on base uh there's more base running on this club when you're adding guys like Marshall and Kiermaier these guys are very fast very savvy on the base pass and run prevention as well it's been a huge focus for the Blue Jays over the offseason so Kiermaier's defensive uh you know that speaks for itself he's a Mount Rushmore defender in center field but Dalton Barshow led all MLB outfielders and outs above average last year as well. So like that's a massive boost outfield defense. And then on the pitching side, you place a, a Ross Stripling with a, a Chris Bassett from the Mets who, who brings a little bit of that sort of the veteran presence that, that you were talking about. He also add Eric Swanson to the back end of the bullpen and, and you know, those late inning relievers. That's a, that's an area that got exposed by the Blue Jays in the postseason. So they, they hope that they built in a bit more sturdiness there as well. Yeah, the Kiermaier, I mean, you guys really solidified the outfield defense. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. The the run run prevention and you get you get um Whit Merrifield for a full year as well. I think that you're you're seeing uh, you know, a lot more of these guys that that have been around the block uh more with, with Kiermaier. I mean, Kiermaier, the 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 defense that that he provides for um the Blue Jays, I, th- I think is gonna be uh, massive just because the rotation's good. Um, you guys have Ryu. He had Tommy John, what, last June? So is he, is he trying to come back mid-season-ish? I know these guys are are fighting back at a, at a much faster clip than they ever have been. Is he shooting for a, a mid-season return? Yeah, he's trying to come back around the All-Star break. We'll see how that goes. Like at, at his age, you never know, right? He's 36 years old. So we'll see how that looks when he's back on a mound. But not exactly a guy who ever relied on velocity. He relied on throwing five different he's pitches. and Exactly. Commanding, locating, controlling the zone, things like that. Not walking anybody, getting soft contact. So uh, it, it could be that he comes back and looks like his old self. Or it could be that he comes back and he's 36 and looks like he did right before he went down to Tommy John. You don't know. Blue Jays aren't banking on it though, right? Like they've yeah. built the rotation around Alec Manoa and Kevin Gossman at the top. And then you add in Chris Bassett into there. They're going to hope for a bounce back from Jose Barrios and hope that Yusei Kikuchi could be a, you know, a serviceable two trips through five and dive uh, fifth starter. Uh, and beyond that, if whatever they can get from Ryu over the back half of the season, they'll take. So the the power that you guys lost uh, going back into the the I'm, I'm going to jump all over the place here. There's yeah. zero structure with this show. Um, <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez is is a and and Guriel Jr. also two guys I think that um, you know were were impactful guys played on your on the team um, and and were performers. Obviously they went a little bit different with Varsho now and defense. What's the how are they going to are, do you think it will hurt them in in scoring runs? It seems like you guys still have a ton of. Pro- 
production ready guys that will come in here and step up. So what do you what do you think about you know how they're going to pick up from Tasker Hernandez specifically? Well, yeah, the, the thesis of the roster is that they can produce the same amount of runs as they have in prior years. They could just do it in different ways. They aren't going to be as reliant on the home run ball and as reliant on slugging. So the Blue Jays are going to try to put the ball in play more. They're going to try to move runners more, you know, more first to third, more um, honestly bunting for base hits. Like that's something that Dalton Varsho does better than anybody in the game. And Brandon Belt's done it a ton too when he was getting shifted aggressively. Obviously, he's not going to see those shifts as much now, but he's still like one of the best on base guys um, in the game, like one of the lowest ground ball percentages and, and a guy with a really great approach. The other thing is the walls at Rogers Center are coming in. There's new dimensions in the outfield with the renovations. So uh, the right center field alley is like 359 now. So you take a guy like Brandon Bell, who was playing at Oracle, where it's like 412 with wind blowing in off McCovey Cove and you put him into a dome with 359 to right center. It's a guy who might just golf a bunch of home runs. So for Varsho as well with his left-handed power approach, I mean, that could be big for him. And then you look at a guy like Matt Chapman who actually drives a good amount of balls to the, to the opposite, opposite field and in, in the air could be big for him as well. But just to get back to your question, like the Blue Jays are going to try to produce runs in different ways. So they avoid some of the extended power slumps that they've had in the past when, Balls just aren't leaving the yard for one reason or another. And the Blue Jays would lose a bunch of games because they weren't able to score without hitting home runs. They're hopeful now that they're going to be producing uh, just as much, if not more, but just kind of doing it differently with a, a ball and play approach. You're seeing that around, around the league a lot. I mean, one, you saw the, the the three true outcome, which led to, I think, a lot of the the changes in Major League Baseball and and seeing how everybody's trying to make the game more exciting. But the personnel is obviously leading towards that as well. More bat and bat the ball, uh, you know, get get the get the um, the defense moving, see what happens, rather than trying to club it over the fence. So the the new changes, obviously, they've made adjustments. You know, I don't know how much of that was purely based on performance or also understanding how the game is going to change as well uh, because of the shift. But what are your, what are your thoughts on, on the new changes in baseball, um, specifically the shift, the pitch clock, all those things, and how, uh, how that led into some of the adjustments that the, the Blue Jays made in the offseason? I love the pitch clock personally uh i mean yeah. it's you're seeing a meaningful change in time of game and you're not losing any action from the sport you're losing adjusting batting gloves and taking a walk around the mound and mound visits and pitcher and catcher not being on the same page and stepping off etc you're not losing any actual like pitches or swings or defensive plays so that's great i think the the shift uh restriction isn't going to have a huge impact on batting average we saw in the minor leagues it went up two points so it's not massive, um, but I do think it is going to allow some up-the-middle players to show some more of their athleticism. So like for you guys, that'd be Volpe. Like obviously for, for the Blue Jays, that's Bo Bichette ranging from the shortstop position and then Santiago Espinal ranging from second base as well. So I think you're just going to see a lot more of that athleticism on display, which is a good thing, but I don't think it's going to be like as dramatic of an impact for left-handed hitters as, as some people think it might be. You can still see some like Joey Gallo-esque uh, defensive alignment. Everybody brings up Joey over. Gallo. I know. <laughs> Everybody brings up Joey Gallo, and I'm I'm here to say this. Like I, I gotta I gotta say it again uh, because yeah. I, the people that listen to my show are exhausted. I've been exhausted. It's it's a miracle when the bat 
and the ball connect when Joey Gallo's in the in the box because he swings on the same plane every single time. It's a mistake from the pitcher at that point when that guy <laughs> makes contact. You know what I mean? Like it's a Joey Gallo effect. It's like that guy has a job. It's a miracle. Um, but uh, yeah, totally well, understand. Maybe I should I, use Mark Teixeira Rizzo as the example. Rizzo, yeah, Mark Teixeira, right? Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about. I, I like yeah. that one. The Blue Jays used a lot of four-man outfields against Rezzo last year. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're not going to be. They can't do that anymore. Like they they can't use those alignments, but they can still sort of shift their outfielders over and and get creative with it. So I think it's going to be a massive difference for guys like Rizzo and Belt. But a point or two of batting average, I don't know. That's something. That's a step in the right direction. The ball being in play more often, us as fans seeing more action. Yeah, and I think systematically when you're looking at you know how the launch angle and and the three true outcome came like the ball were the ball was juiced everybody was trying to take advantage of that hit the ball out I think you're gonna see this with like a longer tail right you're gonna have like you'll see guys uh, you know not not shying away from getting on base and and actually you know running the base pass and and stealing bases even like I think I think a lot of the analytics people are gonna start looking at stolen bases in a different in a different light because of the the higher success rate based on the base paths and, you know, the fact that they can get bigger jumps because the guys can't throw over enough or as many times. So there's, there's some really interesting things that go into play, but you guys look like your personnel, you know, they're, they're lining up to, to whether they're massive, you know, differences in the batting averages or the, you know, we're seeing in the statistics, it looks like your personnel is definitely matching up for the way that the game is going to be changing. Well, to your point, like stolen base activity, we saw it go up a ton in the minors last year uh, with the new rules, and we saw it go up a ton in spring training this year. So I'd expect that to continue in the regular season for MLB. And the Blue Jays definitely built a roster that can exploit that. When you add guys like Kiermaier and Varsho, who are like very, very fast players, you've already got a Whit Merrifield who's very fast and active on the base pass. Matt Chapman's faster than you think he is. Bobichet can steal bases. Kevin Biggio can steal bases. George Springer, although he's like 33, actually has pretty good sprint speed. Yeah, the Blue Jays might, mm-hmm. they might lead the league in like fast old guys. When you think about like Springer, Kiermaier, Whit Merrifield, like Brandon Belt's the one old guy on the club who can't really run. If anything, it's the young guys in the Blue Jays who don't run that well. Alejandro can Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But essentially everyone else on the, on the roster runs. And one thing we learned about John Schneider when he took over as manager midway through last season was he likes action. Like he likes start runners. He likes hit and run. He likes movement. He likes to be aggressive on the base pass. He likes first to third, second to home. And we already saw in the Blue Jays season opener, Kevin Kiermeyer made an amazing read going first to third on a blooper that fell just past the shortstop that uh, honestly could have won the Blue Jays that game. Like it created a run for them. So that that's something that you're going to, the Blue Jays are really prioritizing is base running, um, those little things. Like we mentioned, run prevention, uh, all that stuff, like how that all kind of accumulates to create wins. They, they want to be able to win in more ways than just out slugging teams. Do the Blue Jays, I mean, obviously they're coming into the season with full expectations of, of um, you know, World Series, you know, taking the AL East. Do you think that this infusion of veteran guys has changed the culture in the clubhouse at all? I've saw some 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 people writing and talking about the culture of the the Blue Jays clubhouse. How has that been affected and what what did they do to affect, you know, as much as they could with personnel? Yeah, I just spent a month with them in Florida and it is very noticeable the attention to detail 
the meticulousness, um, the intensity. Like there are some intense dudes in that clubhouse. Even think about Chris Bassett on the other side of the ball as a guy who's one of the fieriest, most intense competitors out there. And then I think, yeah, they like the reputations of a Kiermaier, um, a belt who's been a multiple time champion, even like a, a George Springer from his time in Houston. Bo Bichette's an incredibly intense player. So yeah, there, there's a lot of focus and drive determination here. Like Blue Jays shouldn't be short on motivation after the way that their last two seasons ended 2021 ended with them being a game out of the postseason and watching like the boston red sox win on the last day of the regular season to take that spot from them and then 2022 ends with a two game wild card loss to the seattle mariners the second game of which the blue jays were up eight to one and blew a massive lead and like just everything like the wheels completely fell off over the final few innings of that game so the this is a club that should have all the motivation in the world to take care of the little things and to take the wins that are on hand for them uh and i do think it is definitely a different feel a different culture a different vibe and just a different level of attention and focus to detail this year than it has been in years prior when you're looking at it like midseason and and we're shaping this uh, the the AL East up and identifying who's doing what and all of these things, um, two questions ab- about that. One uh, minor league system. Who who's coming up? I know there's a there's a pitcher starting in in Double A. I believe that that has uh, uh, you know top top thirty ranked in in MLB that that looks to potentially contribute. Um, so asking about the minor league guys, you know, who, who else, uh, should we be on the lookout for that, that could come up and contribute in 23? And then, you know, just what do you, how do you gauge what the front office is anticipating? Like, what, what do you think that they're willing to do? Are they willing to go out and make that big move? Are they willing to spend the money that is necessary at the trade deadline? If need be, if a guy went down or if they identify a, 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 a must need piece, uh, to take them over the edge, how do you feel that they're going to react to, uh, the deadline at that point? Well, yeah, on the prospect side, Ricky Tiedemann is the guy that you're thinking of, and he's absolutely yep. a top pitching prospect in baseball, but he's also 20, right? So, uh, yep. and he's got something like 18 innings at double A. Uh, it's very few innings at double A, and he dealt with a shoulder issue in spring training. So, the Blue Jays are going to try to get him to a good spot uh, in double A this year to begin the season. I imagine they'll start him with some shorter outings to manage his workload. Like, He's a guy who got caught up in the pandemic when he was sort of in, in the draft and uh, he went the junior college route and had only like 37 innings and then got into the Blue Jays system and didn't get to pitch very much. So he's still very much learning the rhythms and the routines of like being a professional pitcher. He's a very young yeah. guy and he's still trying to build that workload that the Blue Jays hope will he'll be a final foundational piece for him as he continues on into his big league career. Like it's absolutely exceptional stuff. And the strikeout numbers in the minors are ridiculous, but there's still a lot of development there. So he could be a factor over the back half of the season out of the bullpen if everything goes right. The the guy who could be a factor a lot sooner than that is Nate Pearson. And I don't know how much of a prospect he is anymore. Yeah, we talked I, about Nate Pearson like two to three <laughs> years ago, I think, as the guy. I know he's battled some injuries, but he's when he's he's got all the talent in the world. It's a matter of him staying on the on the field, it seems. Absolutely. And he pitched very well uh, in the Venezuelan Winter League over the winter and then came into spring training, like continuing to look exceptional. The fastball velocity has been like sitting 98 up into low triple digits, top 10 average fastball velocity across spring training in any camp 
uh, this spring. He's in a new role. He's in a relief role. He's no longer starting, so he's focusing on just one inning. You could extend him to, to two innings if you needed to, but he's really just focusing on just being a one-inning reliever, and he's going to start at AAA Buffalo. The Blue Jays told him, like, carry this momentum from the winter and spring into Buffalo, force our hands, like, earn your call-up. And as long as Nate Pearson stays healthy, he should be blowing hitters away because the stuff is extraordinary. So he's a guy who could be up in the Blue Jays' bullpen very soon. Go ahead. Why don't you think he broke camp? He, he seems Jays like a just, guy that they've seen enough where if he's healthy, you want that talent up in the major leagues. The Blue Jays just have a ton of bullpen depth right now is the thing, and not much of it is optionable. Like Their only optionable guys are the guys who you would not option, like Jordan Romano, who's their closer, Eric Swanson, who's a key setup guy for them. Uh, Tim Meza, who's like their only lefty in the bullpen. Adam Simber, who like has the most appearances in MLB over the last two seasons and is like a really key matchup piece for them. So the guys that they could option, they wouldn't. Uh, and I think they also want like Nate Pearson to earn his way to the big leagues. You know, they don't want to hand him anything. Like they really do want him driven and focused and and motivated and and knocking down the door and forcing their hands. So his his time will come. As will like Jay Jacksons, who's starting a triple A for the Blue Jays, and that is a big league arm, like a big league reliever, a guy who had opportunities to be in opening day bullpens elsewhere and chose to sign with the Blue Jays on a split deal because he's ring chasing at this point in his career. He's like thirty five. There's a guy, Zach Pop, who's in the Blue Jays' bullpen right now, who's optionable and throws like a 97-mile-per-hour sinker and, and a wicked slider. Uh, like The Blue Jays just have good bullpen depth right now, so that's why Pearson got squeezed out. Um, to the second point, part of your question, what will they do at the deadline? I think they'll be looking for starting pitching because the starting pitching depth is not that deep. Bullpen depth is starting pitching depth not so much. Beyond the top five for the Blue Jays right now, Ryu's on the IL. Mitch White would have been an option, but he's also on the IL with an elbow issue. Like you're looking at like the Drew Hutchison's of this world and the Zach Thompson's who came over from from Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's not great depth. So if the Blue Jays had some underperformance in their rotation or injuries, they would really struggle to like replace it with major league caliber pitching at this point. So I think they would be looking for starting pitching at the deadline, and I think they will like go all in for it at that point because we're already seeing them being a luxury tax team this year for the first time in their history and i don't think that you spend into that tier and put together a roster like this to stop when it's clear that you need something else to, to get it to the finish line we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dara, I mean, the rotation's good the, with Manoa, Gosman, um, Bassett, Barrios. Do you expect, uh, has Barrios, did he have a good camp? What's his 
because he's obviously the the big surprise, I think, from last year on my side that you know he struggled as much as he did. It seemed like he had some uh, you know some very good outings, but some terrible outings as well. He really was a mixed bag of of uh, of results when he when he came on. So, what are you expecting from him? And and you know, Manoa Gosman are, are clearly going to anchor that that rotation. Uh, but yeah, it's I will say this: it's hard to have depth in starting in a starting rotation period <laughs> on a major league team, right? Because you, there's only so many spots for that particular. Um, skill set unless you're going to pitch in the minor leagues and and uh, those guys are in the major league so it's we're running into that same issue right now because of injuries and unless you have just a, a stacked uh you know group of young guys ready to come up it's hard to, to to keep around those veteran guys because they're they're needed around the league 100 Brios is the big swing piece in this rotation because we the track record is so exceptional when he was with the twins it was like five straight seasons of every year 32 yeah. starts and like a three and a half 370 ERA you know and he was just so reliable and so durable and then last season after he signs a big seven-year extension with the Blue Jays all of a sudden things imploded and he yeah. gave up the most earned runs of any pitcher in baseball the most hits it was like a five and a half era he had some truly disastrous outings he had plenty of good ones and plenty where he looked yeah. like the minnesota guys but there was like 10 or 11 where it just spiraled and it was like disaster out not just you know oh i gave up four runs over four innings it was i gave up seven over two uh, and there was a lot going on there. There's a little bit of pitch tipping going on in teams that clearly kind of knew what was coming. There was some really poor fastball command at times where he left four seamers, particularly the left-handed hitters, in really bad spots. Uh, lefties slugged something like 730 against his four-seam fastball last year, which is like Barry Bonds type of stuff. It's yeah, just yeah. absolute video game numbers. So he left fastballs in really bad locations you got a little bit predictable um obviously when you're giving up that many runs and things are going that poorly that's going to impact your mentality on the mound and that's going to impact your confidence so that led into it as well so there's been just a ton of tweaks and a ton of tinkering that's gone on and moving him on the rubber and changes to his mechanics and changes to approach to try to get him back to a place where he can be the minnesota guy again he looked great this spring when he was in blue jays camp and then he went and pitched one outing for Puerto Rico at the WDC and got absolutely rocked by Venezuela, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. which is interesting because in Blue Jays camp, you're working on stuff and you're tinkering. But the WBC, you're trying to get outs officially. Right, right. Like you're competing. So there's yeah. huge question marks about what Jose Brios is going to bring in the regular season. Nobody can tell you uh, what he is going to be this year. All I can say is he's a massive swing piece because if you get the Minnesota guy again, that's the best number four in the league. But if he is melting down consistently again, then the Blue Jays have an issue. And are are they are the coaching is the coaching staff looking at mechanics and they're and they're and they're thinking he's in a good place and and now we're between because that's the scary part if we're between the ears and and you know mechanics are are in a decent spot there's only one person that can fix that and and and, and you know, it's it's the guy that that is uh, that is between those ears. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, to Jose Brios's credit, he never stopped trying last year to figure it out. Like every time, it was funny, every outing, he was a different guy. His hands were in a different spot. He was a different place on the rubber. He was throwing different sequences. He was, you know, sometimes doing different things with his mouth guard. Like he, there's all kinds of tinkering that the Blue Jays had him go through just to try to get him to a good spot. A lot of that had to do with the pitch tipping. Like the Blue Jays really believed, and I believe it was the Guardians as well, who clearly had something on him. Because so you go back and you look at those outings, and they're just not offering it really good breaking balls. And they are not, there was like zero swinging strikes in those outings. 
Jose Brios, who is a guy who, when he's on, even if he's leaving pitches in bad places and those are getting hammered, he's still able to get swing and strikes with his slur because it's that good and his two seamer moves that much. So that the Blue Jays are encouraged that the stuff is as good as it's always been. The velo's been there, the movement, the action, that's all been there. Um, the location and command just wasn't as good at times last year. So they do believe that they can help him figure this out. But look, there's a seven-year, $131 million extension here riding behind this as well. So it very much is something they need to figure out because they're going to be in the Jose Brios business for a very long time. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, all right. So looking around the division, what's uh, what are your thoughts on 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 what you're seeing um, from from these other teams? It does seem like uh, Yankees and Blue Jays are 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 the two I'd say that are, are ahead. You can never rule out the 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 Rays ever, 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 ever because they they just seemingly will throw another guy that you've never heard of, uh, and, and he'll and he'll have a career year and multiple guys usually. Um, Orioles are are certainly you know extremely talented, up and coming, playing with uh, with you know the we got nothing to lose type mentality, and then and then there's a Cora factor in Boston, which I always have a hard time getting completely past. Even though I'm seeing what's on paper, I know what their roster looks like. For some reason, that guy can just get a lot of out of uh, out of some 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 players. So yeah, what are your thoughts around the around the division? I think between the top three teams, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Rays. Uh, I think those three teams, I don't know what the order is going to be, but it's going to be like 95 wins, 94 wins, 93 wins. And it could be, depending on luck in one-run games, it could be any three, any order of those three. But I think those are three playoff teams. And I think it's going to be right down to the end for who wins the division. Blue Jays play the Yankees a lot down the stretch. Blue Jays play the Rays a lot down the stretch. I haven't checked, but I'd imagine the Yankees play the Rays a lot down the stretch as well. So yeah, September, they, the, it's going to be huge. Go ahead. The, uh, how do you like the, the 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 new schedules with the balance? Because we're not playing each other as many times. How do you think that, that factors in? Because they, you're right. I think at the end of the season, you start seeing a lot of the divisional opponents, which I like. I think that's a good thing because you should flesh it out at the end against the, the people that are in the same uh, division. You know, at least it's huge majority. for for those three teams because you're getting into the AL Central more often, right? Mm-hmm. And you're getting yeah, into right. the poor te- you're getting into Oakland more often. You're getting into the poor NL teams that in past years you might not have seen at all. Like you might not have seen a Reds at all at any point. So uh it's it's great if you're the Yankees, uh, you know, Rays, Blue Jays. It's not great if you're the Twins or Guardians because you're like, hey, we used to get to beat up on the Royals all the time and then the White Sox, right? Like now they have to go and play some tougher competition. So I think it, the balance schedule definitely benefits the clubs in this division. And I think that for a fan, it's just cool that you are guaranteed whether you're watching on TV because they're on the road or because like San Diego's coming to your place, you're going to get to see a Soto and you're definitely going to get to see a, a Tatis or whatever have you. You're, every team in baseball is going to get a chance to see Otani, whether your team's on the road playing him or he's coming to your house. So it's huge from that aspect. To get back to the AL East, like I think the Orioles, I don't think this is their year, but I think they're a problem going forward. You look at that minor league system and some of the players that are going to be graduating, like they are right now where the Blue Jays were a couple years ago when Bichette was getting to the majors and Guerrero and Manoa were getting to the majors. So you're seeing that now with like Henderson and Oddly and Grayson Rodriguez whenever they finally call him up, DJ Hall um, or DL Hall, whatever his name is. So I like they're there. They just need to invest or in their roster like they should assign carlos correa like when correa was you know getting out of deals in this place and that place and like his price kept coming down the orioles should have gone and gotten him and kick-started that rebuild 
and they they didn't do it um but they they should have uh and then the red sox could be just a spectacular disaster honestly uh <laughs> depending on how things i know you mentioned the core effect but i just think that that roster could completely implode it's so weird how they're like letting guys like bogarts go but then also extending devers to insane amounts no they're, they're kind of right they're they're one foot in each side so uh i think it's the top three teams really they're going to fight it out to the end the yankees just need to get their rotation healthy which i, I think they will the rays are going to be the rays they're going to be incredible and then the blue jays are just really well balanced and, and well constructed right now yeah i agree man it's gonna be a dog fight it's gonna be a lot of fun the orioles the Orioles, I mean, Adley Rushman is a, uh, he's a Hall of Fame catcher, essentially. Like, that's that's his, that's the pedigree <laughs> right there. You know what I mean? Like, but that's, yeah. you see it in the kid. He's got all the things. Like, really, he's, there was so much hype about him, um, but he's, he's every bit of it. It, it. it really does seem like he's going to be one of the greats. Um, and it's, it's, you know, when you can see it that early, just like the, the, the it factor type, um, and you can build around it. But that's a really good point about Correa. That's a, that would have been a perfect opportunity. It would have been, because of all of the, the the trouble he had signing these contracts and and getting him in there, you know, you add a superstar like that into the mix of all of that talent. You're right; that could have been a really big uh, shakeup in in how that team evolves um, if you add a guy like that to the mix. That's a that's a really good point. I didn't think about that one. It was just accelerated their process to getting back to contention, right? Like they're looking up at three beasts in this division, so they have to do stuff like that. Like I think that they just need to be more active in free agency honestly like they need to be spending more money and i'm sure they've got an owner who's going to cry poor um but like i don't know we know what these owners make right like there's no yeah, cost yeah. baseball contracts for them but we understand like what these franchises are worth so uh like the the orioles absolutely need to be in like the playing at the top of the free agent market now with this young like core that they have they need to help it. Like they need to supplement it. It's not like they have a franchise shortstop that Correa would have been replacing. It's like Jorge Mateo. No, he's, he's, okay. he's the perfect. In the second. You nailed it. Right? Yeah, it, you're right. So, it, no, no, it's, it, it would have been the perfect addition. It really would have been. It, it solidified the the middle of the uh, the field too with Rushman um, behind the plate. So. Cool, man. Well, hey, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, guys, give give Arden uh, a follow on Twitter. All the blue checks are going away. Who the hell knows what's going on on Twitter? Uh, but at Arden's Welling, you can get some really good uh, good coverage of the Blue Jays um, and know where they stand as we're as we're going to be battling it out with them all year. But Arden, good luck this year, man, um, and and great to see you. Yeah, thanks, man. Cannot wait for these Jays Yankees games. They're going to be awesome this year. Manoa v Cole crossing the Audi sign. People remember that. It's going to be great. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.